Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We are live on another Friday edition of the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep behind enemy lines. And back with me, as usual, is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's up, man? Not much. How's it going? Good. Can't complain. Oh, well. I can complain because I have to do my taxes as we were talking about before, <laughs> before the show. So um, that's going to put me in a hell of a mood for this weekend. But other than that, things are great. Well, I mean, it could be worse. At least you're not on the run from any uh, weird or uh, um, unsavory figures this, this weekend. Yeah, at least not that I know of, so... Got that going for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, these, this fucking tax season shit, it really is something. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. And I have been putting it off because I really don't want to deal with it. It, it. it takes hours to fucking do that. If you have multiple streams of income, particularly, it's like, what a fucking pain in the ass to comply with all of their <laughs> ridiculous... Um, well, voluntary, voluntarily comply, mind you, with all of their ridiculous things. So they don't uh, throw me in a cage for the rest of my life. That's right. Worse than the mafia. Yeah. Well, and I I guess I've had an accountant since I was a kid. Uh, just growing up on the farm, we've had the same accountant that's done all of our stuff. And so they've done mine literally for forever. So it's fairly easy on my part, but... Uh, yeah, I also like. I just keep putting it off because I don't want to deal with it. It's it's and at this point, like, why are we still doing this? It, <laughs> there is there's no reason for it because they what they take in in tax revenue has nothing to do with what they're going to spend. Right. So it's, it, it's all just a fucking charade. Yeah, it's a charade that they continue to put on to give this whole Ponzi scheme some uh, f- like air of le- legitimacy. That's it. It's crazy. But anyway, we got, we got other crazy things to talk about. Um, there'll probably be a Substack rant about the, the taxes and things like that coming up in the next day or so in honor of uh, the day of theft that we all have to go through once a year. Um, more theft than any, any reasonable person would see in their lifetime absent the, uh, you know, government or something like that. If we lived in, and Kapistan, I highly doubt, uh, with all the rampant crime and everything like that and chaos and anarchy that anybody would get robbed as often and to the extent that they do from their, uh, federal and local governments, but. Anyway, I digress. Speaking of the uh, robbing being done by the local governments, you want to jump into the uh, Chicago or the Illinois pension stuff? To yeah, take that's, it a good, off? that's a good jumping off point. This will make <laughs> your fucking. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I got out of that state. Uh it was probably too late, like, you know, a few years later than I would have liked, but I still think I got out just in time. And I've talked about some of this stuff before in the past. Like I have people in my family who retired at 55 with a, with a teacher's pension. 
and they're making more in retirement than they ever did when they were working. And they, you know, they just play fucking golf all day, whatever. And it's crazy that they're going to live for, you know, probably 20 to 30 years is a realistic estimate. Um, from, you know, from the age of 55, I don't think it's unreasonable to assume that you're going to live 20 to 30 years longer than that. Um, depending on who you are and, and everything like that. But if you're in relatively uh, average health and things like that, your life expectancy is probably what 78 or something for, for the average man. Um, and, and this idea that we're just, that's, I mean, they only worked for 30 years, <laughs> like, right? If they went to fucking college, okay. They worked for like a little over 30 years after they got their degrees. And then they're going to spend just as much time in retirement, getting paid obscene amounts of money that the the state of Illinois just does not have. I mean, you can see some of the uh, some of the numbers here, but if you yeah, if you click on that uh, on that link there, but yeah, retired fifty five from UIC, six hundred thirty five thousand dollar annual pension, twenty point five million estimated lifetime payout, and three point seven percent employee deposit of payout. So it's like wow, how are you going to make those numbers work? And that's never enough. That's never good enough for the teachers unions of of Chicago, by the way. That that sort of scenario just doesn't work for them. They always have more to complain about, more to bilk from the taxpayers of Illinois, while uh, all the schools just go down the, the tube. I mean, the school systems are unusable. Um, but it's not just teachers. I mean, they're that, uh, yeah. So this on the screen here, this is just like a, a list of the top pension payouts of Illinois, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So it's all kinds of, uh, government employees and teachers and things like that. And they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Everyone on this list is making over a hundred K in retirement, right? Good Lord. Look at this. Look at this one listed at the top is projected a has a, a current annual pension of $217,000 uh, employee deposits to the pension fund was only 248,000 so one this, year uh, a year and uh, two months worth of yeah. deposits okay Leela Bridges Webb will make as much in one year as what she put in in her entire lifetime so far total pension paid to date is 1.8 million estimated lifetime payout is 6.2 million holy shit yeah does it, does it give her, what was her yeah what was her employee i can't read that trs is that the teachers union uh i don't know trs yeah probably let's see Good gosh, there's over 700 of these. All of them are getting a payout of over $100,000 per year. And none of them actually paid in more than a couple hundred thousand. Uh, holy shit, this is insane. Yeah, I, I'm telling you. Yeah, I was not exaggerating when I was like, dude, these numbers for their pensions are ridiculous. I mean, like they're 20% funded, some of these things. And and here's the the fucking reason why they they put in one year's worth of payouts. They retire at 55, and they live for 30 years, making more than they ever did. It, it's crazy, and they get fucking healthcare benefit. It, it's uh, Illinois is so fucked. It's unbelievable. Uh, I I don't know why anybody would still be living there, and. I mean, Chicago is, of course, spearheading this thing with all of their retarded legislation and their and their huge uh, corrupt unions and everything like that. But the rest of the state is also going to bear the burden of this. And I don't I mean, they're probably uniquely bad. I think I, uh, maybe New Jersey or something I remember reading has like more corrupt pensions, uh, pension system than them. But other than like a, a few other uh, states in the union. This is uh, this is really bad, and this is how how every uh, democratically run state wants to operate. 
they, they want to make these unions bigger. I mean, you hear uh, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, they're all like, oh, yeah, uh, the, the unions built the middle class and blah, 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 blah. We need to bring back the, you know, the best take home pay of Americans is when we had strong unions. These unions aren't strong enough now. Right. I, I mean, what, what else do they want? They're getting millions of dollars in retirement. It's 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 crazy. And, and you know the average uh, private sector worker not only doesn't have a pension, but has to every you know April fifteenth render unto Caesar, uh, you know more than they can afford to pay for all of these leeches in the system. And I don't even know how many uh, how many people work in government now, but it was like. Years ago, I know it was like 25 million or something, and I'm sure it's only gone up from there. 20 million people working for government. I mean, that's just a direct suck from the system. They don't produce anything of value. They just gum up the works of free market productivity and take from people that are doing things that, that benefit other people. And uh, it's we're watching – you know, the I think the last uh, we're in the last throes of this scenario where it's just like, yeah, this debt is unsustainable. Uh, they've borrowed way more than they, you know, the as a country than we could ever um, feasibly pay back. And uh, we're, we, you know, they've just made every mistake on the local level. But you can just sort of extrapolate that. That's how the government's been operating for my entire lifetime. And uh, on a national level too, it, it's it's just a complete disaster. It really is unbelievable. Yeah, a, a friend of mine sent me that. A friend of mine who still lives uh, in the Chicago land area. I'm <laughs> just like, what are you doing there, man? Successful guy too, you know. Got a got a great family, a great career. His wife's got a great career. It's like, dude, you guys got to get the fuck out of there. They're they're rats on a sinking ship now. I'm trying to find the the stats on how many government employees there are. It's projected just like just in state government alone, not not counting the federal government. Oh, this is these are even old numbers. Uh, just under 22 million total for all all government employees, but that was in like 2016, 2015. It's bound to have gone up since then. Yeah. I mean, it's it's completely out of control. And they want to hire more, of course, you know, the 87,000 IRS agents that they wanted to put on. Uh, it's, of course, just to make sure that the, the billionaires pay their fair share as we've, uh, as we've been over. But it's a uh, teacher's retirement system. Oh, thank you, Sean. Yeah. TRS. Yeah, what a what a wonderful system they have there. It must be nice, dude. I should have been a fucking teacher. <laughs> you work like nine months out of the year, get a couple weeks for Christmas, every major holiday off. Um, you probably get a bunch of Jewish holidays off as well. Uh, you know, it's just like, and then you have your you have your summers. You can just go uh, vacation in the south of France, or you could. Uh, what a lot of teachers did when I was growing up was they would coach a sport in the summer and make another like 20 grand. That's just like fucking gravy, you know? It's, uh, I say it's quite a bit different in, in rural areas, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I know for the, for the, the primary education that they talk about, which is like the big, really heavily unionized, um, and inner city type schools and stuff. Like they really, really have it kind of kind of cushy from at least from the outside looking in yeah must be nice that's all i gotta say um I, you know and i think there there's just no way chicago's a great example of how you cannot uh kind of break this cycle now it's so they're so entrenched i i, I think we might have briefly mentioned it on the last episode they booted out Lori Lightfoot, and then they um, brought in this guy who's even more hardcore progressive with, uh, you know, 
the, the teachers union completely up his ass. So uh, they're clearly either there's no will to vote against this or there's just no way that um, the Chicago land area can break this cycle. And it's just going to have to break on its own. People just need to, you got to get out of the state. I, I don't know what else to tell you. You have to vote with your feet because they've, they've rigged this political system to maintain what the status quo. That's what all of this stuff, you know, every regulation and, you know, all the stuff that they were trying to go after Trump for, which was, you know, blatantly ridiculous with this campaign finance uh, stuff. It's all to prevent people from coming in and changing the system. And you can see why, because it's a it's one big fucking circle jerk money pump. You know, politicians and the unions, uh, the taxpayers get bilked. Uh, the unions, you know, the politicians make promises to the unions. The unions make donations to the politicians to help them stay in power. And round and round we go. And uh, well, speaking, we should go to let's go to the um, the clip from that guy's radio. What's that guy's name? The radio show that always just talks about like idiots with their credit card debt. Um, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. So <laughs> I came across this on Twitter recently. And this is, but, uh, you know, if these people who he's talking to, if they had uh, just gone into the teaching profession, they they could retire early and they wouldn't have to worry about any of these financial problems that they're talking yeah. about yeah so this is uh i don't know if this seems a little extreme i don't know if this represents your average american but i thought it was very interesting their choice of degree and their careers so let's just go ahead and roll this we have probably just under a million dollars in debt and we want to know how to get debt free without filing bankruptcy okay how much of that is a mortgage uh, the mortgage about two ten. So you have six hundred thousand dollars in what? Three hundred thirty-five is about in student loans. We both have advanced degrees, and then a lot. The rest is really credit cards and personal loans. So you have three hundred thousand dollars of credit cards and personal loans. We have about so three hundred thirty-five thousand student loans, and then about one hundred thirty-six thousand in credit cards, forty-four thousand personal loans, and thirty-five thousand car loans. Okay, um, how old are you? I'm twenty-nine. Okay, so what in the world? <laughs> so. Yeah. So I mean, we, uh, are you both on this, or is this just one of you that's completely lost your mind? Well, I have the majority of the student loans, and he has the majority of the, of the credit cards. My my credit card debt is about it's not great. Okay, it's so about why does he why is he at twenty nine years old run up a hundred grand in credit card debt? Well, he's he's thirty two, but um, I I think it's one of those I things see. where just making really poor financial decisions, thinking be able to pay it down as you go and then it doesn't it doesn't happen yeah. okay so you both have I, advanced degrees what are your degrees in we do so i have a degree in both of our advanced degrees no he has an mba and i have an advanced degree in policy i work in the government and we actually both do now at this point actually his face Pause it right there. oh my gosh he asked what the degrees are in and she doesn't give a straight answer because they're they've got they've got master's degrees in bullshit Policy. like they don't have actual like um skills or knowledge or a, a like anything that would make them worth anything like we have i have an advanced degree in policy the fuck does uh, that all, mean all right <laughs> i don't know maybe she meant to say poli sci <laughs> But I have no idea. But they're working for the fucking government. Imagine needing an advanced degree to you know to the tune of three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars of loans, and that's just that's still what they owe. We we don't know what the you know the original cost of all that was. To work for the fucking government, that's where like all of the people that don't have degrees go. Well, I'm. Uh... 
I don't. Did she say it yet or not? I I know she's she's about to tell him that they combine for like two hundred thirty five thousand dollars in annual income or something. Like, yeah. do you have a yeah, combined like, annual income of two hundred something two hundred thirty thousand? I think. Yeah, and you're get to that a million dollars in debt. Like, what are you doing with your life? Holy shit! Right. That is crazy. I I mean, they're making pretty good money. Uh, that's easily they're each making like twice the average of uh, a person in the private sector. I, and thirty five thousand dollars just in car loans. So I'm, the, I'm guessing they have two cars. Um, why for like for anybody out there that needs some financial advice, uh, you should never be borrowing a lot of money to buy depreciating assets. Okay. <laughs> Uh, cars and like whatever you have uh, cash on hand for a car is what you should spend on the car because uh, the the second you drive it off the lot you lose a ton of value and it's just going to lose more and more value over time. The last couple of years have been an anomaly because of the the COVID stuff and the the shortage of uh, the microchips or whatever. There hasn't been a lot of car production, so I was I was quoted I had a, a I bought a used car in 2015 and I was quoted like 80%, maybe even 85% of what I originally paid for it, which was shockingly great. Um, but that, you know, that is not, that is the exception that proves the rule. And, uh, dude, the credit card debt, you have to pay off your fucking credit cards every month. It, it's just so you're, they're giving you an interest free loan for a month when you buy something with your credit card. So take that and that should be good enough for you. Uh, after that month runs up, you're going to pay 20% interest on any balance that you have. You're never going to get out from under that. It's that's an insane amount of interest. It's going to add so much to the caught, the underlying cost of whatever you're buying that it's just not going to be worth it. Um, and the idea that they, the, these are two educated people that went through the entire government school system, got advanced degrees, and they have no idea how to just do basic finance to not fuck yourself over. And then, of course, the student loan thing, which is just Jesus Christ, dude. Over a quarter million, $335,000 in student loans. That, that, that is just an insane amount of money. Let's uh, let's go ahead and continue though. Let's see what else she has to say. Okay, so your household income is what? Our household income is about two thirty. Okay, all right. Um, is there recognition on both of your parts how absurd this situation is? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, there is. Right. So I think we're both a bit scared and want to do anything we can to avoid. Okay, great. Then I'm then I'm then I'm on your team. I can skip that step. Okay, good. Okay. Well, you're you're scared and you should be. Um, you're disgusted and you should be. We are. Um, you're early in the early stages of being sick and tired and being sick and tired and you should be. So, yeah. here's the thing. You you guys have been living at um across the board from your education choices to your car purchases to your whatever you've been living at about um, 10x where you're going to get to live for the next three years. Okay. Yep, that's true. So I'm getting ready to destroy your life as you know it. <laughs> because your, li your lifestyle is considerably above your extremely good income. And has been for a period of time. And so you've gotten used to spending like you're in Congress. Right. This is going to be very <laughs> emotional for you all. And you're going to have to look at it through that lens and through a spiritual lens, or you're not going to make it. You're okay. going to have to not care what anyone thinks, including each other, because you're not going to spend any money on anything ever for the next three years. <laughs> Spending like they're in Congress. That was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, at, at 230,000 household income, they're like, they might even be in like the top 10% of 
income earners in the in the U.S. I mean, I don't I don't know what state they're in, so I mean, it varies from uh, state to state, city to city, or whatever. But or, around there is that's like remember the threshold that used to be like uh, when they would talk about when. Uh, presidents would talk about raising taxes or something. It was like, we're not going to raise taxes on anybody making over $250,000 a year. And uh, of course, that was complete bullshit. But then they kept bumping that number up. Now it's at like $400,000 a year. It's like the Biden tax hikes. They said nobody making over or making less than $400,000 would be impacted. But I don't you haven't done your taxes yet. That's clearly a crock of fucking shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I mean, they're probably paying, uh, you know, they're, they're each making six, I'm guessing they're each making six figures. Uh, I don't know if that's an even split at two thirty or one's making a lot more money than the other, but yeah, they're probably paying a good amount in taxes as well, but they work for the government. So they're not really paying taxes. <laughs> and it it is just, that is a great example of America, you know? The, the people are, are living just like the government, way beyond their means and with, with no plan of how to get out. I mean, like, I think calling Dave Ramsey is like a last resort. Everybody knows, I think everybody knows what they need to do to get out of debt. It's not complicated. You just spend less than you make. <laughs> start there and start paying off some of these debts. I mean, I'm sure they could consolidate some of that. Um. Man, I, I can't believe that their their student loans are almost like twice what their mortgage is. <laughs> I can't think of anything that requires a a degree that would take that that much schooling, especially not a government job, especially not a government job that's not making any more than what they are. I mean, granted, they're making good money, but. I mean, for government work, that's what are they doing? Like, yeah, yeah, we don't know. I don't know where they are, so they don't get into that. Um, it would be interesting to see the rest of that clip, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if they're in like California or something, I guess 230,000 in LA is not uh, incredibly great money, but it's still, again, way above average. Um, but if they're in like Missouri or something, <laughs> then they're fucking crushing it. So, yeah, it's it really is a, a huge problem. And it, a while back, we pulled up the, the national debt clock. You can see there's trillions in credit card debt. There's trillions in student loan debt. They're not alone in this. That They might just be an extreme example, but, you know, you might be able to lop off like one digit from some of their from some of their numbers there. And that's how every you know, the majority of Americans are living uh, paycheck to paycheck, racking up credit card debt, buried in student loans. And uh, it's a great, just a great example. The American people and the U.S. government are just kind of all doing the same thing. And and there's no, the only real end game is bankruptcy. I don't know why they're so against that. If I had $335,000 in student loan debt, I'd probably just leave the country. <laughs> Adios. I, I, I mean, wh why would you even try to pay any of that back? Well, and they're, they would fall outside of the, if the Biden uh, student loan forgiveness thing even went through, they would fall outside the purview of that because they make too much money. So they're not getting, they're not getting any, any of their student loans forgiven. <laughs> they get to just eat it. Yeah. Yeah, they will have a nice fat government pension uh, eventually, but I, I guess yeah, with the student loan debt, they can garnish the the pension. Um, they cleared for employees. They get fired. Oh. That might Sean explain they, why at the uh, at the beginning of it, she said that uh, she wanted to explore options that didn't require filing bankruptcy. That would yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, best of luck to them. <laughs> but yeah, if you're in one of these states where you've got people that are living this kind of lifestyle at your expense, I would just get the hell out of there, man. 
you're being played for a fucking fool. And uh, it, it's it's incredibly fucking immoral what they're doing. <laughs> Forcing people, probably with with no degree, who forewent you know uh, forewent going to college, um, have just been working their their entire lives and make a fraction of what they do, but end up having to foot the bill for a lot of this stuff. It's for your just horrible decisions. I don't know who was advising these people, but it sounds like they uh, they followed the government formula to life to a T. Just uh, put it on the credit card, borrow, borrow for uh, school, borrow. Don't worry about how much it costs. You'll pay it back once you get a job, blah, 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 blah. It's, uh, yeah, the student loans aren't dischargeable in bankruptcy. I do uh, know that. The thing is, um, if they were, that whole fucking scheme would just come tumbling down even faster than it is. Do you imagine if you could just declare bankruptcy right after you graduated college? <laughs> Rack up three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars worth of loans. Uh, you don't have a job. You have no assets. No nothing. You're twenty-three years old. Bankruptcy. I mean, that and would that, be the solution for like seventy percent of college graduates. Considering, it seems like these days most of them can't find a a job in their field. They are overeducated and underdesired, and they're useless to society. And they're carrying. A, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of student student loan debt. Yeah, I mean, that's every single college graduate would basically go straight out of school and declare bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, but I, of course, and b borrow a, a shit more money than you actually would because you know you're going to declare bankruptcy uh, right when it's over. And I mean, it's easy to prove that you've. Um, you are bankrupt because like I said, you're just a 23 year old kid with, with nothing going for you and a ton of debt. Uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's exactly how the government wants it to be, which is what we've been trying to, to get across on this show. They want you to have a ton of student loan debt. They want you to have a bunch of credit card debt so that you vote for them to fix the problem. And then and how's that going so far, everybody? Well, and then they can set up a CBDC and just run everything. Get, yeah. get a good ESG going and uh, you know, make sure that you're doing everything that they tell you to do while they control all of your money and everything that uh, pertains to your life. And you can just be at the, at the beck and call of uh, Uncle Sam. Yeah, yeah, this was, uh, this was great. Bob Murphy uh, put this out. If you need any more proof that a central bank digital currency would be a terrible idea, probably the death of uh, America as you know it, Paul Krugman thinks it's uh, paranoid to worry about a central bank digital currency. In fact, I'm sure he thinks it's a great idea. Um, this, is, this is good. He's ripping on DeSantis for pointing out the um, potential problems with giving the government complete digital control over, over the currency. And to look back at the, especially the last couple of years and think that government controlling something and abusing that control is paranoia it is just, that is a level of uh, disconnect that I just can't imagine. Uh, can't imagine being. Do you want to read uh, read some of that for all the people who are just listening? Uh, so here's some of the things that that uh, good old Paul says. He says if uh, okay, specifically, DeSantis argued that the feds could use a CBDC to further implement the woke agenda, penalizing Florin Floridians if they bought too much gas or guns. Uh, Paul Krugman ridiculed that notion and says if that sounds crazy, it's because it is. I have no idea whether DeSantis believes any of it or even knows what a central bank digital currency is or what it would do. More on that later. It's possible that he's taking his stand out of general paranoia. Uh, these considerations tell us what DeSantis' attack on central bank digital currency act would actually do. It wouldn't protect the rights of Floridians to buy gas or guns. Instead, it would protect the ability of wise guys to evade taxes, launder money, buy and sell illegal drugs, and evade <laughs> and engage in extortion. 
But hey, I guess thinking that money laundering and extortion are bad things is just another example of the wokeness that DeSantis is trying to kill. I, I mean, yeah. um, money laundering they, and extortion is a prime example of what our government is doing anyway. If uh, if they can do it, why not give why not give the average Joe the opportunity and the option <laughs> for it as well? Right? And let's even yeah. the playing field. I'm all for it. Well, yeah, and they always kind of go towards that when they when they try to put in some sort of financial regulation. It's always to stop the terrorists and the drug dealers and everything like that. That's why they had the $10,000 limit uh, on bank transactions that the bank would have to report to the IRS and everything like that. And that's why they're going after the, the $600 um, Venmo payments and things like that. It's to stop the drug dealers and the, the people that are operating outside the system. And call me crazy, Mr. Krugman, but I would much rather allow for um, drug dealers and the, the small amount of people who are engaging in extortion and money laundering to uh, get away with that if it means that the other 300 plus million people in America who are law-abiding citizens get to maintain their, their freedom and their privacy. I, I'm absolutely willing to let the drug dealers go in order to to maintain um, my financial privacy from from the federal government and not give them control over every transaction that we make. I I, uh, I think it might have been on uh, part of the problem I was listening to one of their last couple of episodes where they were they played uh, it, it might have been somebody from France. Or Europe, somewhere over in Europe, they were talking about central bank digital currencies. And they're like, oh, yeah, like we probably wouldn't monitor anything over 300 euros or something like that. But anything above that would need like authorization. And then they even capitulated and were like, well, you know, anything under 300, we might have to monitor that too, because uh, obviously terrorists can just do things in really small transactions. And it's always about the terrorists. It's crazy. It's crazy that people still believe that bullshit. That you know that bullshit justification after everything we've been through since nine uh, eleven to today. That they really, they were just really worried about uh, the next uh, Osama bin Laden. That they need to monitor every single one of your bank transactions and have complete control over what you can and cannot purchase. We gave total control of Afghanistan back to the terrorists, and they've done nothing they haven't like blown up any more buildings or you know nothing they uh i don't know if it's real or not but there's a there's a really funny uh like uh uh taliban recruiting uh twitter handle that posts all kinds of crazy stuff it's it's hilarious uh, but there is actually yeah. like there is also an uh, like a legitimate like uh taliban of afghanistan twitter that's not uh a, just looks like they're like doing normal shit, <laughs> yeah, trying to run yeah. the country as best they can. <laughs> and uh, to to Sean's point, yeah, CBDC wouldn't stop bartering, but uh, uh, most Americans don't have anything to barter with. <laughs> you know, it's like we got uh, three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars worth of debt. <laughs> it's like, and your job is like an information job. It's not like they're uh, uh, making shoes and they can trade it for you know somebody who's making chairs. Um, I got 15 dozen eggs. Who's ready to wheel and deal? There you go. Yeah. But if you've been, if you've been smart with your money over the last uh, few years, maybe you did stock up on things that you can barter with if it comes to that. Um, I, you know, I was going through because I just packed up my entire life last month and, and was selling it off and moving it around. I had forgotten that I was in the, um, the dollar shave club for like the last fucking eight or nine years or something like that. And of course I haven't been shaving for the last three years or something, but they, they were just sending me razors every month. I have like, if anybody needs razors, come talk to me. We'll, we'll make out some barter arrangement. Cause I have like three lifetimes worth of razors that I'm probably never going to use. But I was like, Hey, these won't go bad. Maybe I could uh, get something once the, uh, the entire fucking economy goes to shit. <laughs> trade justin some razors for some eggs heck yeah uh, obviously yeah. i'm i'm desperately in need of razors but yeah uh, but your, your old lady probably got to shave her legs i'd say my wife will so. be hitting you up 
pretty soon. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, things like that, you know, bullets, alcohol, razors, toilet paper. That that cabinet over my shoulder is just like I, I really need to pull all of the ammo out and go through it and see what all I've got because I I've lost track at this point. Every time I every time I have to go to Rural King to get like goat feed or chicken feed or something, I just buy a few boxes of ammo for no more reason than because I may as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'll be, I'll be well stocked on some of the uh, essentials of life whenever we get to that point. I, and as far as the, the, the article here from, uh, from Robert Murphy that you had, you had brought up, uh, definitely put that in the show notes because he links to some stuff from Jonathan Newman and some uh, refutations of the things that Paul Kirkman says that like, yeah. Even, like even even the Fed doesn't agree with Krugman on most of what he says in, in his in his stuff. Like it's pretty impressive how uh, how flimsy and just completely ass backwards wrong. Uh, yeah, Krugman got yeah. It on it's that like stuff. the the government comes out and says like, no, no, we're going to use this to monitor people's transactions and to control people, and and he's like, oh no, they're not going to do that. You're crazy. It's just for criminals. It's like, no, no. First of all, how are they going to know if it's like if you're a criminal or not until after they're monitoring all of your transactions and then define what a criminal is? Because they can if they just decide they want to come after you for something. And this is what DeSantis was getting at. If you're guilty of uh, the wrong position, wrong think over in Canada, you know, if you're not uh, for chemically castrating children, they'll give you a twenty five thousand dollar fine. Um. That, that stuff's coming down the pike here, too. So if you don't have the approved opinion, maybe you're speaking out against this thing, you're buying the wrong stuff, uh, they'll they'll just cut you off yeah, until the, you fall in line. The future of, like, ESG and social credit scores and stuff like that is pretty, it's pretty terrifying. Uh, and, uh, Tommy, Tommy Sammons of Year Zero has done a bunch of stuff on the ESG stuff. And, like, uh, the more you the more you pay attention to that and, and learn what's going on with it and how they're probably going to, I mean, not probably how they are actually you know, actively looking to implement that stuff going forward. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty terrifying. Like it's, this is going to be, uh, Dude, that yeah, I may be, be I mean, resorting to nothing but bartering sooner rather than later, just because I don't know if I'm uh, cut out to survive in, or to, to be allowed to function in that type of a system. Right. And this would be the the final nail in the coffin. I, I can't stress that enough. They would have complete control over every aspect of your life. I mean, well, there's just there's no other way to describe it. They could they could turn off your your heat, your electricity, your water, anything that they wanted to. They could cut off your Internet. If you're making an online living, they could just you know cut off. You, you can't pay for Internet anymore. Because we don't like what you're putting out on the internet. Uh, there, there's, there's nothing worse than a central bank digital currency, in my in my humble opinion. Um, it is their their end game, the ultimate. The, everything that they're doing seems to be working towards that and buttering people up for that uh, coming thing. Which they say, you know, was it Jerome Powell that was talking about like July of this year? They were they were going to start thinking about central bank digital. It was somebody in government. Uh, I guess Jerome Powell technically uh, is not in government, but kind of a distinction without a difference. Yeah. So it's it could well, be coming a lot sooner than we all realize. I thought we had a lot more time, and they they might have to kick this thing into high gear. Well, and something else that they're going to use to completely dictate and control everything in in our lives is the restrict act that's uh i'm not sure how far along they are with that but um i was gonna play this clip from tucker carlson because we've got the this recent la or a uh, pentagon leak from a, yeah. a 21 year old which uh, a lot of this seems suspicious to me being a kind of, of a, a conspiracy theorist mind but you know you've got this pentagon leak and then he took the information that uh that he got and was sharing it on Discord, Twitter, other places. Um, they're going to use this leak to try to steamroll the Restrict Act, and then really, like, legitimately control everything that we do. Like, even like, especially everything on the internet. It's um, 
there are even like leftist websites and and like news sources that are calling the the restrict act uh, the patriot act on steroids like it's it's fucking bad let's uh let's let's hear what tucker had to say about the the leak that came out uh from the pentagon the other day late last week leaked intelligence about the war in ukraine began to appear on social media briefing slides prepared by the u.s government began to show up among other places on twitter and the slides show that this is in fact not ukraine's war it's our war the united states is a direct combatant in a war against russia as we speak american soldiers are fighting russian soldiers so this is not a regional conflict in eastern europe this is a hot war between the two primary nuclear superpowers on Earth. And yet this war has never been formally declared. It has not been authorized by Congress. And for that reason, this war is a violation of American law. It is a crime. The second thing we learn from these slides is that despite direct US involvement, Ukraine is in fact losing the war. Seven Ukrainians are being killed for every Russian. Ukrainian air defenses have been utterly degraded. Ukraine is losing. The Biden administration is perfectly aware of this. They're panicked about it, but they have lied about this fact to the public. Just two weeks ago, for example, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin told the U.S. Senate that Russian military power is, quote, waning. In other words, Russia is losing the war. That was a lie. He knew it was when he said it, but he repeated it in congressional testimony. That is a crime. But Lloyd Austin has not been arrested for committing that crime. Instead, the only man who has been taken into custody, or likely ever will be, is a 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman who leaked the slides that showed that Lloyd Austin was lying. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I wish I could say I was surprised that everything that you thought about the, uh, the war in Ukraine Turns out it's actually worse than we thought, and we are uh, completely involved in it. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are like, because this guy's a, a right winger that leaked the these documents, that this was just very irresponsible, and he's putting troops' lives at risks at risk and everything. It's just like, wait a minute, who's really putting their lives at risk? Um, the guy who leaked the document or the people who's actually sending them off to fight. It's just such a bizarre uh, perspective to have. So depending on what you believe on this, we don't actually officially have troops who have been sent to Ukraine. So anybody who is in Ukraine as a U.S. troop is there as a merc. Like they're they're doing they're doing mercenary type stuff. They're they call them volunteers, but but they're they're murking. They're they're war profiteering. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like they're they're being incentivized by our government to go do that. Like they're not. It, it's not like they're just uh, doing that of their own volition. Like the, the, there's a, there's an incentive for them to do that. Yeah. Well, and then we're providing them with weapons and, and money and things like that. So it, it, again, it's just another way that the government has skirted the their constitutional responsibilities, because you know technically they're not uh, U.S. soldiers or whatever, so we don't have to declare a war. <laughs> and, but it's a uh, you know it's a, a war by any other name, and they've just sort of figured out a way to get around some of the restrictions on their power. Uh, to your point about the you know demonizing this guy who leaked it i you know we were talking i think before we started recording eric swalwell was talking about how this guy's a traitor right-wing traitor and uh he needs to be brought to justice they will yeah they're absolutely going to to demonize this guy for you know shining a light on all the shady shit that the government's been doing and they can use that and then oh look we have we just so happen to have this legislation that would prevent this treasonous behavior from ever taking place again. And all you have to do is pass the Restrict Act. Isn't it funny how all, they just have all of these things kind of ready to go in their hip pocket for when the opportunity presents itself. And then they have their, their government solution to eliminating these right-wing terrorists is to restrict everybody else's freedom. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, combine combine that with um, complete control over your finances, one hundred percent transparency, no cash allowed, and I, there, you know, there's just not going to be a way out of it. Once you give them that much control, I mean, we have a little bit of wiggle room now to really f- sort of fight this thing, <laughs> but they are, you know, they're coming at you from like three or four different angles and. You know, each one of these pieces of the puzzle is going to uh, solidify your enslavement to the government. And once they get those last couple of pieces in there, it's it's done. It's set in stone. They're, you're never going to be able to roll back any of this stuff. Not the government never rolls back anything. Right. The there. It's like with the Patriot Act. Like it, it never went away, even though you know it was arguably never needed uh, at the point that it became clear that it was not no longer needed. They didn't do away with it. And it's the same for all the rest of this stuff. Like they're not going to ever, uh, there is no government program that ever ends. (laughs) What's the, what ended like even take, for example, like prohibition. So prohibition technically ended. Um, There are still, I'm trying to think how many it is. It's, uh, it's like around 20 or so states that have effectively prohibition style of regulations on the book where that everything is incredibly highly regulated. Um, it's there's all kinds of paperwork documentation, like even though it's prohibition ended, they still utilize prohibition rules and, and stuff like that to, uh, basically to make more money off of taxes and everything else through alcohol sales. Like none of that stuff ever ends. It just gets repurposed or changed or like retooled a little bit. Like they, they just, they, uh, they're, they are some amazing redneck engineering going on with, with government policy where if you can't use it for this, we can always use it for something else. We, we're not, we're not throwing any of it out and we just figure out how to repurpose it. Right. Yeah. Because government doesn't like to waste anything. Except for money. <laughs> they only like to waste your money. They don't like to waste opportunities to, uh, you know, like shove more regulations up your ass and, and make you uh, that much more miserable. There are a bunch of states that there's only one like government entity that sells the, the liquor. Is Virginia still like that? Mm-hmm. ABC liquors or something was the only place that you could buy uh, liquor. Um, I mean, Virginia, you can get beer, Alabama, like uh, Virginia, Alabama, Mississippi. Yeah, there, there were several. Yeah, I the American people really need to uh, need to wake up. This is this is kidding. We're dangerously close to just complete and utter failure as a country. Um, I got. I suppose there is always the the national divorce route that could. Um, that could get some people out of this and and maybe this something like a central bank digital currency could be the uh, you know the impetus for that but man you cannot let them have control over your finances i mean look what they've done to their finances and just look at how much they want to influence your behavior and of course how how successful they were manipulating people to do things during COVID where they weren't controlling your money, but they were controlling the source of it. You know, you're going to lose your job unless you, you take this vaccine kind of thing. And how many people fell in line just for that? Now imagine you're allowed to keep your job. You can't buy it so much as a cup of coffee unless you do exactly what they tell you to do, man. Yeah. It's some, some scary stuff. What uh? What else we got here in the in the stack? Um, want to wrap up on? I've I've got to get going. I've got Katie's yeah. got her play tonight, so we've got to get heading that way here pretty soon. Uh, I want to wrap up on the uh, fallout from uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Oh and, yeah, a little uh, follow up to to the last episode. Yeah. yeah, let's pull that up. 
Anheuser-Busch loses $6 billion in six days after a trans ad campaign that top execs never, never approved. Yeah, so their their stock took a fucking dive. They they lost uh, six billion in market share and so, so a billion dollars a day, and they're claiming that some executives never, uh, you know, upper management never approved any of this. I, I forget who they're blaming it on, but it's just like that. That is, uh, God, just Harvard business degree. Beautiful, beautiful work over there. Uh, marketing campaign. How quickly can we lose six billion dollars in market cap? Hold my beer. <laughs> well, I, I mean, um, to be fair, they still have a, a hundred and twenty-five, hundred twenty-six billion market cap. So it's not like they're, it's not like it's crushing them, at least not in the short term. Like they probably aren't going to be super concerned over that over the course of a week. But if that becomes a sustained thing over the course of the next three to six months, then you're really going to see problems. I, uh, we were we were talking about this on the morning show this morning. Like like one of the things that you've seen with like Facebook or Meta now is you know they started taking some of these some of these hits uh, a year or so ago, and then it just sustained for like twelve straight months. I think they I think they lost uh, shoot like. Now, now I can't remember what the exact number was, but to the tune that they ended up having to lay off like somewhere between four and seven thousand employees because because they were losing money hand over fist and not just like in a, a day or a week dip that you could attribute to, you know, possible market dives like it, yeah. it's, it became sustained. And there's other there are other companies that have had similar things happen, like Dick Sporting Goods, uh, when they did the whole anti-gun thing a few years ago they ended up going for a six or eight month period where their sales declined to the point that they had to, had to take a step back and really re reconsider the way they did some things. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, these things do have an impact, but it's, it's not going to have an impact in over the course of a week. It's, it'll be, if it sustains for a while, then, then they'll start to really take notice. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the, the last couple of weeks, or the last week in particular, there was a lot of, uh, you know, we had the holiday for, uh, you know, Good Friday, and then, you know, uh, Easter, uh, there was some, you know, the, the uh, jobs numbers came out, the CPI, I think, as well. So there was a lot of uh, market volatility. Um, but they do mention that Coors saw a nice little bump in their market cap over the week as well. So usually I would think alcohol sales are one of those things that are kind of immune to a lot of the, the daily or weekly fluctuations in the market uh, that are news driven. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with this, but yeah, it's <laughs> once again, just a great, uh, a great idea by apparently lower level marketing people at, I, I can't believe you're allowed to just do that. Um, just have no supervision. Be like, yeah, I'm gonna give uh, this guy his own can. Um, but well, yeah, that's there's a couple sources that no one at senior level, uh, senior level was aware this was happening. One source said who was granted anonymity to to discuss sensitive internal discussions. Some low level marketing staffer who helps manage the hundreds of influencers engagements they do must have thought it was no big deal. Obviously, it was, and it's a shame because they have a well-earned reputation for just being America's beer, not a political company. It was a mistake. A second source also claimed that a low, lower-level employee had made the decision to include Mulvaney in the campaign, a move that appears to have cost the company $5 billion in market value. The backlash to the iconic American beer brand has been so intense that a Budweiser distri distributor in Missouri canceled an event with the company's famous Clydesdale horses because everything was still sensitive over the matter. And there's actually been a, a couple reports of uh, similar things with big, like, so um, their distribution centers and stuff like that. And, and like the, the big distribution companies that handle getting it out to the different regions and, and their different like markets. Uh, those are the ones who have been canceling some of these big events and stuff. So if they're, if the distributors are canceling big events, that's going to end up hitting the the bottom line as well. Not that that's going to hit the bottom line a lot harder than say kid rock going out and shooting a 12 pack of, of uh, Bud Light with his shotgun <laughs> or Travis Tritt saying that they're not going to have Bud Light products on their tour bus and stuff. Like if the distributors are having to cancel events because there's volatility around it, 
that's going to be one of those things that actually creates real problems for for the company. And this is um, an industry that you are intimately familiar with. More, more so the liquor side of it, but uh, beer sales kind of run simultaneously uh, parallel to and also uh, in, intersecting with the the liquor sales. It's uh, I we we get um, we get like market updates and stuff on a through a, a big email every night that kind of goes through what's going on in the world of alcohol and. Uh, and because I'm one of those idiots that anytime something pops up, I actually read it. Uh, I read that stuff every night, and it's it's really interesting. So wines, wines, beers, and and then uh, liquor all kind of operate independent of each other, but they also have a lot of uh, connection to each other. Uh, and yeah, that's one of those things that um, if the if the distributors are canceling events, then they're going to have some major issues. And it's also why a lot of a lot of these um, big brands try to avoid being overly uh, inflammatory with some of this stuff. Like, you know, like when, uh, when gay pride rolls, gay pride month rolls around, you throw a rainbow flag on a can. Nobody really gives a shit. But when you start doing stuff like this, like partnering with somebody like Dylan Mulvaney and going over the top with some, you know, crazy bullshit that, that starts to actually get people, turning their heads and saying, oh, hold up, this is, I'm not, I'm not on board with this. Yeah. It, it just never seems like any of these sort of controversial campaign, like inflammatory, potentially inflammatory ad campaigns and things like that. It never seems like the juice is worth the squeeze. They're, like how much upside could you really get from something like this? Uh, the risk reward just doesn't seem to be there. I can't imagine it would even take an upper level management type executive or whatever to realize the the potential downside of this and the the upside to just not be very not very attractive. That's all I can say. I mean, this this just I, I I still don't know if people are upset because of the whole they're you know they're quote unquote transphobic or because that this guy's just sort of mocking. The, the trans movement and women in general and maybe it's a combination of both but it's just yeah wow what a i wonder what other influencers they've been uh they've been talking to because it sounds like they do a lot of this it's, i mean it's like you look at the potential to pick up like what one to maybe one to two percent additional um business while also running the risk of alienating solidly 60 like percent your of your existing yeah. core like yeah, yeah that's, that's then, the risk reward analysis seems pretty pretty shitty on that yeah and then how are you gonna how much were you gonna have to spend to get that core business back in uh in your cleanup efforts so right you're gonna have to go like full reversal kick out the vp of marketing who hates the frat boys and just put all frat boys in charge like just pick <laughs> like pick the uh pick the party planning the, wing of the biggest frat at Arizona state and just put them in charge of mar marketing for Bud Light and let them do all of the advertisements from, from here on out. Yeah. And then you might be they able should to probably, they should do some self-deprecating um, commercials that just makes fun of themselves for a while. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. I, I know you got to get out of here. You got anything uh, to plug going on this weekend? No, but what put out. Hmm? Uh, they're doing, uh, the Adams family. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. You're doing a sub stack. Uh, yeah, I put out a sub stack this morning on chapter four of the book of James. Uh, so if you're interested in some Bible study type stuff, I've got that. Um, I also did a, I do a little, uh, Bible study type thing with a buddy of mine, Ben, uh, that'll be coming out on Sunday. We do chapter five of first Corinthians. So, pushing a little bit of uh, religion on all you godless heathens <laughs> right <laughs> repent all right um yeah i'll have some uh sub stack stuff probably coming out um either late today or tomorrow it depends on when i finish these fucking taxes of mine uh but after that yeah i'll get some uh some sub stack stuff out for you folks 
follow us on Twitter. You can see our handles there and do all that for us. We will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. I'll link to everything I can think of in the description. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.